Welcome to the Back Row Ravens Show, where we talk all things Baltimore Ravens. From player news, rumors, and even fantasy football expectations. And now, your hosts, Bob and Blake. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Back Row Raven Show. I am your host, Bob Miller, and I have my co-host, Blake Ramey, with me. Blake, how you doing? Doing good. I'm enjoying a, a nice victory Monday. Well, now Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, just a nice little victory week, trying to bounce back from uh, that loss. Still, still lingering that loss. Yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into that here in a minute. But, yeah, we will. Uh, yeah, we came off of a nice victory um, Sunday against the uh, Washington football team. But uh, uh, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit something. We didn't have a show last week to kind of recap the uh, uh, the Chiefs game. I guess we were licking our wounds a little bit there. Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, no, there was a little bit of news uh, with the Marlon Humphrey deal. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Are you are you happy that we locked him up? Are you are you, are you satisfied with those numbers? Do you think we're going to live to regret that? What's your thoughts? So, how I first had heard about it was some like random like Twitter account had mentioned that there was going to be an extension out of Owings Mills. So it had me wondering. I was like, okay, well, it can't be. There's no way it's Judon. There's no way it's Bowser. So it had to be either Stanley or Marlin. But I mean, with with how he's played, meaning Marlon, for the first four weeks, he's literally been incredible. He's probably, I mean, I, you definitely can make an argument for the best corner league. And he's he's been phenomenal. So yeah, absolutely, I am extremely excited. And then today, the um, the actual details came out on his deal, and I didn't realize they completely like backloaded it. So he'll get his two million base salary this year. Obviously, the whole deal is it's a five year. Um, 98 and a quarter million um, extension. So this year he'll get his two two million, and then next year he gets 3.24 million. So I'm hoping. I, I mean, obviously I have no clue, but we're let, obviously we might let Judon go. Stanley was still have to figure out. I heard we reportedly might give him the tag, and then Bowser he's still kind of up in the air. We'll see what he does with his contract year because he hasn't really proved much compared to those other names. But there's some. I was looking at the free agent class and. You got some names like Justin Houston, um, Shaquille Barrett. Clowney's going to hit the market again if the Titans don't sign him long-term. So I'm hoping because he won't get as much money his second year in his deal, hopefully we can try to bring in a pass rusher or rework our pass rush. But, yeah, I love the deal for sure. Yeah, yeah, I like the deal as well, and I try not to be biased. I mean, sometimes, you know, if if you're a fanatic of your team, um, you obviously think they're a little bit better than they probably are. Um, but it's really, really hard to argue that Marlon Humphrey may or may not. I mean, he very well could be the best corner in the NFL right now. I mean, I know there's a lot of, um, you know, Stephon Gilmore, um, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, there's some shutdown guys out there. Heck, even Marcus Peters. There might be a few people that argue that, uh, say he may not even be the, the best corner on his team. But I just haven't seen a playmaker – at corner, like Humphrey, he strips the ball, he tackles, he seems to be in the right place at the right time. Um, he just he's he's just there, and 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 I love locking him up. Uh, we have him for five five more years. I'm super stoked about that. 
Um, we've got him and Peters, uh, you know, locked down for the next few years. Uh, I, you know, what's not to love about that? Right, yeah. I mean, obviously you have your great defensive players in Baltimore history, like, you know, your Ray Lewis's, your Suggs, your Reed. But by the end of this deal, and I mean, even now, he's making his mark, and he he could be one of the best defensive players we've ever seen in Baltimore. He just, like you said, he's completely physical. He does everything that they need him to do. But, yeah, he does everything he needs him to do. He's, he's physical. He's completely different from Marcus Peters, and he complements his game really well. They both complement each other really well. But, yeah, I, I, I'm so glad. I can't. I, if we let him go, I, I couldn't have lived with that. But, yeah, knowing EDC and how aggressive our front office is, there was no way that was going to happen. No way. No, no, no. Chance. no. And I, I feel the same way for Stanley. Absolutely. No way. I, I do, but I think uh, from from what I've read, the reports is that uh, the Ravens and Stanley are, are a little far apart in 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 negotiations, and that and that's what will probably lead to him being tagged if we can't reach anything long term. Um, yeah, so uh, you know you know that's probably for another day talking about Stanley. Uh, he's an elite left tackle uh, uh, by far, so we can't let him leave as well. And and Baltimore's going to have to start spending a little bit of money on that offensive side of the ball. I mean, we've talked about it in previous shows um, that they've spent a lot of money on the defense, and I think there's not a team that's spending less right now on their offensive side of the ball than the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to change uh, soon once Lamar, Stanley, Orlando Brown, you know, Mark Andrews, those guys get paid. Um, it's going to flip flop. We're going to have to figure. Uh, we're going to have to find out what the Kansas City Chiefs have done to lock up all these players with endless amounts of money. We need to figure out that secret so we can, uh, you know, we can repeat that as well. So. Yeah, but it just come. It just comes down to yeah. Sorry to cut no, you off, but it just comes down to. Uh, like, who do you want to pay? Because you, you see Mark Andrews, he's obviously a premier tight end in the league, and he's slowly emerging. He keeps emerging every game. But then he has games like he did in Kansas, or against Kansas City, and you're like, where, where is he at? Like he, I mean, it's, he just, it's just not the same player, you know what I mean? And same for, even for Orlando Brown. He's having a good season thus far, but it's just not the same. And, I mean, I, I don't think you can really let um, Mark Andrews go just because he, he's – so dominant when he's on the field and when he's like on point. But Orlando Brown, I, I I do see him taking the team friendly just because I do feel he wants to be a Baltimore Raven for the rest of his life. And I think all these guys want to be Ravens for the rest of their life. But obviously the money, the money will work itself out. We'll see. But Orlando, if you're already going to be paying Stanley, which I, I imagine they will, do you want to pay two tackles or do you just want to pay one and try to get a budget on the other side? So, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but. Yeah, and I think that I think that Orlando's a, a very, very good right tackle, a fantastic right tackle. But uh, having Marshall Yonda next to you for a couple of years certainly doesn't hurt. Um, and so he doesn't have that this year. So he's got to be that anchor uh, on that side of the line for us. And I think he's done a pretty, pretty good job. So um, I don't, I don't really have any. Uh, um, complaints at all so I'd like to see them lock him up but he has got so much potential and some team might he might get this wild idea that he wants to move over to left tackle and make that left tackle money I could totally see that um I hope not I hope he wants to stay in Baltimore his dad played for us 
Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to see him go. I don't, uh, you know, no, absolutely either. not. I don't, I don't want to see anybody on that team go, but no. there's a couple that are going to have to <clears throat> bite the dust. And I, I don't want to find out. I really don't. Cause yeah. I love them all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we kind of touched on Kansas city and apparently they're, they're endless amounts of money or whatever the world they're doing. And, and, and how some of these guys, you know, you were talking about, uh, how some guys were playing against the chiefs. So let's not, let's not, uh, spend too much time talking about that Chiefs game because that's way, way old news. But we didn't we didn't have a show last week to recap that and preview the Washington game. But what are your thoughts? What did you take away from that Chiefs game? Because I know a couple of things that, that absolutely drove me drove me up a wall. But I wanted to get your take on that and see if it's some of the same uh, thoughts I have. Yeah, I don't want to go into like too much, but I mean, just I'm trying to still forget about it. But when I when I think about it, and I even I, I even have the same complaints for the Washington game, but not as much because it's it, I really just all my complaints. I'm looking towards Greg Roman. I mean, not really not really Wink Martindale as much, but it's more the coordinators because Wink had a tough matchup, obviously, but. I think it's more the the usage, and when I say the usage, I'm looking more at the running backs because I've been a firm believer, and this has been since last year, I feel Gus Edwards is our, our best back. I feel like he should be the featured back. I felt that way since last year. Mark Ingram obviously had a great year last year. He was a, a 1K runner, but Gus, it's it's time for him to shine. I, I, I'm serious. He, he, needs to, he needs to start taking that leap, and they need to start having more belief in him, and if they don't, He's gonna leave eventually, and I mean, someone's gonna someone's gonna put him to use. Someone's gonna give him the money, and he and he's gonna shine for real. And then Washington this week, they finally decided to give him some more some more cut of the uh, the snap share. Mm-hmm. He he played on thirty or thirty nine percent of the snaps. He got nine carries, and um, the final snap count of the whole game, Gus got twenty two snaps, Dobbins got twenty one, and Ingram was the odd man out with fourteen. So, I mean, obviously we all love Mark. He is one of those guys like a Tony Jefferson or a Steve Smith. Yeah. But it's it, – it's what time do you cut – when do you cut ties, you know what I mean? Because you have three guys in their 20s, Justice Hill, Gus, and Dobbins, who are all – they're all talented in their own little way. Obviously Justice Hill, not as much as the other guys. It's not really the same. But when, when do you kind of cut ties and when do you start slowly – I mean, obviously you're not going to take Mark's – carries away that's not what I mean at all because he's so talented and Mark's another one of those guys like he's not really going to impress you on his first carry but as the game goes on I mean he just gets better and better and better mm-hmm. but in, Greg Roman described it um Gus he wants Gus to be his closer and I totally get that that makes total sense but we need to be running Gus all game and the only thing that Gus really doesn't have compared to the other two I don't really see Gus catch passes and I don't think that's what he's made for but he, he, no one's stopping that guy. He's a bowling ball, man. Hey, man, I've I've seen him catch a few passes. Um, you know, he's got some hands, but yeah, he is. He's he is a Derrick Henry kind of type of player where he is just they're just he's gonna he is he's a bowling ball. That's a perfect way to describe it. And people don't want to tackle him. He's a big guy, and um, he'll wear you down. And and to bring him in as kind of your your closer. <laughs> I've got no problem with that. Uh, there's a lot of teams that wishes they had that, but 
I tend to agree. I'd like to see him uh, play a few more snaps and get the ball a few more times. I just think he's harder to tackle than Mark Ingram. And I love Mark. I love him to death. And and, and I don't want to see him leave at all. But you have – he's good. He's very good. But Dobbins is just electric. And And he's getting better each week. I'm not saying it's time to feature him just yet. Um, but Gus is just a wrecking crew and you can really wear a team down with him and almost use Mark as his backup and sprinkle in some Dobbins as well, uh, because Dobbins has such great hands. He can be that third down back. Um, we had plans for justice Hill. Don't get me wrong, but those plans changed once we drafted (laughs) JK Dobbins. Okay. Um, so, you know, I hate it for Justice Hill, but Dobbins is he he's the uh he's the spark um that that we look for in that offense, you know, as far as that backfield goes. So, yeah. So, like I said, we don't want to touch too much on that uh that Chiefs game, listen. Uh, you know, all the Ravens fans that are listening to that show saw it. It was very frustrating. Um I loved how Lamar came out and said that it reminded him of the Tennessee game and I'm like, yeah, it reminded all of us from of the Tennessee game because you forgot to run the friggin' ball. Dude. You know, you came out there and tried to be cute and throw the ball a little too much. Look what look what New England did the other night. I mean, they were they were doing it with <laughs> with Hoyer and and guys like that they were running, running, running the ball. They held Kansas City to 6 points at halftime, man, because they were running ball keeping Mahomes off the field and we were all saying it. Let's just run, 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 just beat them down, wear their defense out, um, and, and keep Mahomes off the field. And I wished – now, I'm being very hopeful and optimistic when I say this. There's a part of me down deep that it's almost the excuse of saying maybe Baltimore didn't want to tip their hat. They didn't want to show them what they're going to do to them, and they're saving that for possibly the playoffs. Maybe they learn their lesson, and if they take them on, if we see them again uh, in the playoffs, maybe Baltimore does run the ball and, uh, you know, controls the clock. At least that's what I hope. So, right. you know, everybody everybody had a bad game there. Um, you know, the defense didn't play that well, but I will have to say they were on the field the whole flipping game. Uh, they were wore out. But I'm going to tell you, some of the receivers dropped some passes, and and oh, Mark and and Mark Lord. Andrews, Mark Andrews had some bad bad drops um, in that game, and I love him, I forgive him. Um, let's 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 not look behind us and let's look forward. Um, that's that's the way I'm going to see it. But you know, let's move on from that Kansas City debacle. Let's let's get away from that. Let's move on to the uh, Washington game and some of the takeaways. Uh, we have from there. I liked a lot more of what I saw in that mm-hmm. game, um, but that passing, our passing game, it worries me. And I don't know if it's if it's Miles Boykin or what, but I just I, I like what we have in Hollywood. I love what we have in 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 Willie Sneed, but that that other outside. Uh, wide receiver position. I, Miles ran a couple of bad routes and uh, that led that one that led to the interception thrown by Lamar's first of the year. But do are, are we comfortable with Boykin out there or do you really think 
we need to maybe look outside and and maybe consider a Des Bryant or dare I say Antonio Brown or or are you happy with what we have um absolutely I I I'm really usually criticizing our receiving core a lot, but I think I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think what we got, I think he can win a Super Bowl. However, me and you, I know we, me and you both love Duvernay. Duvernay mm-hmm. is yeah, he's that guy. He 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 can be a game changer. They just got to start working him in. I don't think he's really ready to be a full time starter, but keep working him in that slot. He'll be our guy. But I keep just turning my eye to Boykin. I love Sneed. He looked really good against Cleveland, and he obviously, you know, he does in the run blocking game. And same with Boykin. Boykin's also a very, like, very fantastic uh, run blocker. But he looks lazy when he's running those routes, and it, it's going to lead to those costly interceptions. Like, luckily, we weren't in a tight game, and it never really was a super tight game. But that can't happen. It, it just can't. And I don't know what the deal is with this guy. We always go into training camp, he looks phenomenal. I remember we on our past shows we had talked about how he was leaping over Marlon Humphrey and he was ready to go up and get it and whatever the case may be, but where is it in the game? We're well, not they're not, but in... they're not, they're not doing that. They're, you know, that right. was a, that right. that pass was a little out route. Um, I want to see Baltimore throw the ball down the damn field. You have yeah. you have Hollywood stretch the field, take the top off of it, even if it's an incompletion. Okay. Even if it's an incompletion, which apparently we're not very successful on the deep passes, but what it does, it loosens things up and it makes that defense back up a little bit. But I feel the same thing, the same way with with Miles Boykin. I think if they throw those one on one, those kind of go up and get them type of balls, like I used to see with someone like a Des Bryant back in the day, right. um, I'd like to see that with him, but not these crisp little in-and-out routes with him. I want to see them kind of throw it down the field when he's just, you know, man-to-man with a guy, and you go up, either I'm going to get this or you're going to get this. I, I want to see some of that. Yeah, he and he's, we've played, I mean, for the most part, pretty weak secondaries. Like, Kansas City, obviously, on paper, they don't look too phenomenal, but I will give them some credit. They do have, they, they've made that secondary from a weakness into a strength very quick. And Washington, they had Kendall Fuller. They have your um, Fabian Moreau. It gets pretty Jimmy Moreland. It's it's pretty pretty lackluster. It's nothing phenomenal, but it, you've played some all, like all right secondaries. Take advantage of it. Like get these guys involved. Get Boykin involved. Get Duvernay involved. But and I think they are throwing the ball just the, like just a good amount. Like it just like, it's all right. Like I just think the balance has been pretty weak, and how they're doing it is not ideal like they're not running and setting up the pass they're just trying to come out and pass yeah yeah their their running game is not setting up the pass oh absolutely that's not. that is a major major problem they're just wanting to come out now i get it it's so you know they've said it all off season they want to throw the ball a little bit more they don't want lamar to run as much um i i completely get it and i wanted to see it but now that i am seeing it I'm not sure uh, yeah. how much I like to watch it, but there's part of me that goes, listen, we need to do this now because if we face some more adversity and we're down to someone like Pittsburgh or, heaven forbid, we're back, you know, we're playing Kansas City and we're playing from behind again, that's the problem. We've not seen uh, Lamar play from behind. We've not seen this team come back uh, and win one. 
uh, that's you know, and it, and and, and a, there's so much criticism on Lamar. Lamar is uh, to me, he he seems like he's like the 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 LeBron James of the NFL. Like he's heading down that road oh. because. I swear, I, someone said it on Twitter, and, and I completely agreed with it. I retweeted it. It was great, but God, it it hit home. It's like the dude goes, "I swear to God, Lamar Lamar Jackson can't have a bad game. Mm-hmm. He can't." Absolutely, that's the same thing I was just gonna say. Heaven forbid that he has a bad game because people are gonna tear him up. I mean, it's like LeBron. LeBron could have thirty points and ten rebounds and eight assists, and they lose, and people are giving him shit. Um, it's- so it, it yeah that's the thing man and Lamar can't have a bad game for crying out loud no absolutely not and people and people just want to be right and that's what it's all about people just mm-hmm. want to be like oh well I called it I knew Lamar was a flash in the pan whatever the case may be they're gonna figure him out <laughs> yeah exactly the more film on him it, it's so ridiculous because I mean I try to listen I'm not listen to it anymore it's it's so old now at this point but at what point do you blame it on him, and then when do you blame it on his receivers? But oh and people actually, as a Ravens fan, as a Ravens fan, obviously I take my team's side maybe more than I should at times, mm-hmm. but I try not to be a homer too much. And obviously I have friends, we talk football a lot, that people actually I'm afraid to judge Lamar. It's not the case at all. I'll judge Lamar every day of the week if I have to, but I'm not going to. I'm just not going to. You obviously, know, it, he has the if, if if I was on the outside looking in, if I was a Steelers fan, or you know, and, and I don't hate the Steelers, I don't really, I don't really hate any any NFL teams. But if I was, you know, a Cowboys fan or something, you know, just random like that, and I was watching the Ravens, I would probably pass judgment. I could I could see myself at some point going, you know, Lamar's a damn good good quarterback, but that guy just can't win a big game. You know, it was kind of like how Tony Romo was back in the day. I know it's kind of hard to compare them, you know, their 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 skill set. But Tony Romo was like that. You know, he put up great stats. He was he. They always had a pretty good record, but the guy could never win the big one. He could never really win a, an important game. And right now, I think that's the mindset when it comes to Lamar. So, yeah, and maybe he does deserve some of these criticisms. Like I think some of them are fair, and some of them are completely far fetched. Like the throwing, obviously Lamar's a great passer, and I'm not even going to debate that. He absolutely is, and he, he's proven that day in and day out. But the deep ball, it's still a little inconsistent, a little bit for sure. I remember the, I don't know if you remember the exact play, but the one to Hollywood Brown, I think we can all remember. It, it probably would have been a score. But I don't know, the week one deep ball to Hollywood Brown, that one, it looked beautiful. So if he just starts hitting those more consistently, I don't. I, I just think people will start respecting him he, more as a passer. Here, you and I watch every friggin' snap of every Ravens game, along with a lot of our Ravens uh, family out there, all of our fans, all of the Ravens fans. But I have never, ever, ever once even it's never even crossed my mind going, you know what? We would have won that game if Lamar hadn't played like crap. I've mm-hmm. that's never that's never come out of my mouth. You know, it's the play calling. It's uh, gosh, man, I wish if if. You know, if if Miles Boykin would have ran that route right, or if man, if if Mark Andrews hadn't have dropped that touchdown in the end zone, I mean, it's things that's it's plays like that. But there's not any of the, any time I've looked at it and go, you know, Lamar played like crap, and we, you know, we probably won that game if if it wasn't for Lamar. That's not happened, and and that's yet to happen, and 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 it may happen one day, um, but it hasn't happened yet. 
I just there's there's a lot of things that you gotta look at before you pinpoint Lamar. You know, obviously you're gonna you're gonna look at Lamar eventually because he's the quarterback and he leads this team. But I think a lot of the problem is you have these box score watchers who just want to look at the game and be like, oh well, he had 97 passing yards, he had a bad game. Not the case at all. He actually played a, a an all right game. I mean, I think the team. As, yeah, as a that's whole your team. fantasy football players, man. It's all about stats. Yes. Oh, dude, he only got me 23 fantasy points, man. You know, but yeah. at what point can you just stop critiquing him and kind of feel bad? They literally, I don't know if you saw the one clip, Sneed and Boykin are running into each other and they're both just sitting on the ground and those are two of your receivers just completely taken out of the play. Mm-hmm. At what point do you just start looking at these receivers and if I'm being honest, I did just say that I, I feel the Ravens receivers are good enough to win a Super Bowl, but if I told you I was completely 100% comfortable... I would be lying. 100%. They've got to improve. They've got to step it up. And yes. uh, um, yeah, and Boykin, I think, is that guy. I, and they're not throwing the ball at all to Willie Sneed, and it seems like every time they target him, he he, you know, he proves his value. So um, I think that maybe that's somewhere we need to go with the ball a little bit more. Uh, in my opinion, he's been pretty uh, uh, pretty valuable. We can count on him. He he catches the ball. Uh, so maybe we need to look at him a little bit more in the passing game. We're not I don't think he's getting the volume that I think he should be. So. Yeah, and I'm ready for these guys like Duvernay and Prochet to start working their way into the actual offense and just not on special teams, mm-hmm. which they've been doing a hell of a job on, by the way. Mm-hmm. But um I don't know, and I, I you start looking at your outside guys like your Mohamed Sanus who just got released today, your your dare I say Antonio Brown. We'll see, I mean, we'll see. I don't see it. I don't see that happening. I really don't. There's no no chance for me personally. Yeah. Mohamed Sanu, I, I looked at it. I wasn't big on it at first, and I'm still not huge on it. If they did bring him in for a workout, I wouldn't freak out. But he just looks slow at this point. He's mm-hmm. 31 going on 32, I believe. But the only thing, and this is the only thing I really liked about potentially signing Sanu is I'm, I, you may have seen it, but Sanu, he's so super dynamic. He can throw the ball. So he just allows that creativity factor. But can he stay on the field? He looks like he's in slow-mo at this point in his career. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You know, he's a reliable guy. He can catch the ball. Um, but right. He does have a hard time staying on the field. And uh, he's not scaring anyone by any means. So um, he would be kind of a depth guy, but uh, – I don't know if he brings anything to the team. Um, I don't. I don't think he, something that uh, you know Duvernay or someone couldn't. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's a thought, but it's something I'll probably steer away from. I don't really have yeah. any interest in. If we're, in, if we're bringing any any outside guys at this point, it's probably like. I mean, if you're looking at a receiver, just just receiver, you have you. Ha- I can't believe you wouldn't contemplate AB. If like if you're a Ravens fan. And look at our receivers, like our receiver situation at this point. It's not the worst. Is it one of the worst? Maybe. But if you're not going to get guys like Duvernay and Prochet involved, then is Boykins either going to have to take that next step, or we're going to have to start looking outside, maybe for a trade or a B. I mean, Listen, if, I mean, there were what was that stuff? It was floating around Twitter the last couple of days with Julio Jones possibly going yeah. to New England. I was like, man, yeah. uh, where's DaCosta at there? Um, well, but it's really, really hard, man. When your wide when your wide receiver one is a five foot eight guy, uh, uh, yeah, that's hard to get by and with. And it's a five foot eight guy that's getting double teamed, mm-hmm. like because Boykin, he just and I, I hate talking down on these guys because it sucks. But 
he's just not being what he needs to be. And maybe it's our offense. Maybe it's how we're running him. Like you said, these in these in rounds, it's just not him. You know what I mean? But then when you get him on these out routes, then he's running like a he's running extremely lazy and causing turnovers. I don't know. I just don't know where you find find a place for this guy on the offense when when you have so many talented guys like Duvernay, Prochet, Hollywood Brown, and Snead. Like people want to go at Snead, but. Sneed's a big part of the offense. He is. Sneed is that nitty man. He's dependable. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. So, so let's talk real quick. We talked about Lamar, and we were, you know, the criticism out there. But how do you feel through through the first four weeks? How do we feel about him compared to you know his incredible season last year, where he won the MVP? Uh, what's your thoughts on him so far? Yeah, I mean, last year, I mean, just through these first four starts. Obviously, last year he played phenomenal. He had um, the exact numbers are he had 1,101 yards, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, and was completing 65% of his passes. We all remember the Dolphins game. The Cardinals game oh, he played yeah. pretty well in. The Chiefs game last year, not going to touch on it. Nope. And then the Browns game, also not going to touch on it. Mm-hmm. But between those, he, he played pretty pretty darn well. Or darn well. And then this year, um, 769 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception, and he's completing 68.4 percent of his passes against ultimately better defenses i would say and i don't know I, people want to go at him say he's regressing he's but. not he's not running the ball uh like he did and 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 these teams are they do have a spy on him quite a bit now he did yeah. break off a couple of uh nice runs um especially <laughs> against washington uh-huh. that, that, was uh-huh. a, that was a pretty play um, but he's not running there. They, they certainly are not running him as much as they, they did last year. Um, but they are, these teams do have a little spy. They've got a, you know, that slot corner, that, that, that safety that's keeping an eye on him. So, uh, other teams are playing him. Okay. But they're not running the ball with him as much. And, um, so, so that's good. You know, it's less hits he has to take, but, yeah, he he's not had the super duper highlight, uh, the highlight reel at this point. Um, but you know, at this point last year we were two and two, and right. uh, you know after that we didn't lose another game until the playoffs. And ultimately for Lamar, I'm not looking for these big flashy plays. I just want him to be more efficient. I'm totally cool with him not running. I just want him to like, and he's doing it. Like he has less interceptions. He's completing more of his passes. That's what I want. That's yep. exactly what I want, and yep. he's by like by no means playing bad. He's the sixth highest ranked uh, like grade wise for PFF in football, above Mahomes, by the way. Yeah. So I mean, you know I, what I it is know. though, and, man. It, it's you know we talk about you and I talk about fantasy football, and you know I have a you know I, I do a couple of other fantasy football podcasts, and um, you know Lamar was by far the number one fantasy uh, you know quarterback last year, and he's not right now. And so you get a lot of these people that invested high uh, pick, a high pick in, into Lamar, but right now Dak Prescott's got more fantasy points, oh, and, and so does Russell Wilson, and uh, you know Josh Allen's having a uh, fantastic season so far. So, oh, those guys are so much better. Now, listen, and- Russell Wilson, in my opinion, may be the best quarterback in football. Patrick Mahomes is right there with him. Um, 
but yeah, fantasy football plays a big, big part. So some people are not seeing the 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 fantasy points uh, each week from Lamar when they expect him to be outproducing Russell Wilson and especially Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. So I think that plays a, a major part. But you and I actually watch the games, right? And and I like what I see. I think he's throwing the ball better. Um, he's making oh. better decisions. His deep ball looks 100% better, and people still want to criticize it because it's it's the narrative still going on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you actually watch his games, he's actually hitting on him a, a decent amount. But he, he misses some big ones, and there's no denying it. But, I mean, obviously I play some fantasy myself, and I have people ask me, because obviously I play with a bunch of Ravens fans. They'll be like, Do I, should I trade Lamar? Because, I mean, I can get some, get some value out of him. Wait on him. Wait on him. Because, yeah. like I said, we've played some pretty good defenses. Like, even though Washington, we kind of... I don't want to say ran through him, but it was it was pretty convincing. I'd say, like that defense isn't the defense that you take for granted. Like that Washington's defense is legit for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And imagine, I mean, and they were missing uh, Chase Young. And so. now we're getting, and now we're getting to the, I don't want to say the cupcake side, but this week we play Cincinnati, and then we'll play Philly, and then we start like later in the year we'll play the Jags, and we'll play the Colts, and. And that, that's where Lamar – and these are teams that haven't faced him before. They don't really know what to expect. I mean, they, they can see what they see on in the film room, but until it hit, hits you in the face, you don't really know. So, yeah, so wait you till know, him – wait on it. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, you know, that's kind of our opinions on Lamar, uh, you know, the first through the first, uh, I guess, quarter of the season is, you know, he's being uh, more efficient. He's making better decisions. Um, so we want to see more of that, but we also want to see the, uh, the team run the ball and uh, – you know, keep the other offense off the field. Um, that that's what I want to see a little bit more of, especially when we take on, you know, someone like Pittsburgh, and 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 if we do get to face Kansas City again. Um, but you know, moving on, you know, we've talked about Lamar, we've talked about the running back group um, a little bit more. You know, we've talked a little bit about Prochet and Duvernay and what we think there. We've recapped these games. Um, let's let's touch a little bit on the defense because you and I have some opinions there. Um, what's going on with the defense, man? Because they're not getting to the quarterback and that's driving me absolutely crazy. What, what, what's going on there? You know, what's our, what's our problem? So last night I was actually, I don't know. It, I don't know why I did this, but last night I was, I was just up pretty late and I was, I was just, I was like, just curious about this defense, and I, w- I was watching film on Judon because that's the guy I'm turning to, our $17 million pass rusher. Yep. Because our secondary, I, I can't say much about Marlon. Marcus Peters had a pretty, he, he's playing all right. Like, it's nothing crazy, but not enough for me to criticize him. But ultimately, I'm looking at the pass rush, and I think everyone that's a Ravens fan is. I mean, it's been, it's been pretty lackluster. We're really not getting to the quarterback like I've been, like we've been accustomed to in these past couple years. Last year, it was still pretty lackluster again. But Judon, I was hard on him. I was definitely giving, giving him a, a lot of tough love, for sure. But watching some of this film, he's actually having this, this impact that you're not really seeing in the box score. He does. He does. He interferes with a lot of plays. He does. And it doesn't show up on the box score. It's just like... Uh, Jadavian Clowney. Jadavian Clowney is one of those guys. He's not a high sack guy, but dude, he has such an impact. It's kind of like um, it's hard to compare it. But even when Aaron Donald doesn't get a sack, 
How much of an impact does he, you know, he, uh, heck, let's just throw out Calais Campbell. No one has had more of an impact defensively on this team, in my opinion. batted passes. Yeah, (laughs) the batted passes. He's getting to the quarterback. The dude's 100 years old. You know, and he's and he's got such an impact on that defensive line and and that pass rush. He's the guy. It blows my mind. It's not he's not putting up incredible stats, but man, he's interfering. He is messing up some plays, and that's what Judon does. Now, I don't know if Judon, in my opinion, he's not worth that money. I'm not really looking to to wrap him up. Uh, you know, lock him up long term. Maybe Zadarius Smith was the one that got away. That's a oh, you know, that's hurts. one that yeah, yeah. That we, but I'm so happy for him in Green Bay. He's playing very, very well, and and I'm happy for him, man. I'm happy for that. But Judon, I just don't know if he's he doesn't impact the plays as much as he needs to. He's got to get to that quarterback. Um, and, and I know he had a couple of sacks the other day, but, dude, that was Washington, and that was Dwayne Haskins, you know. And I think the problem is, like, teams don't really l- locking up these guys, like a, a Judon and Clowney, because they don't show up on the stat sheet. But that's, that's the thing for pass rushers. You, it's, it's really, if you're going to box score watch, which you shouldn't do at any position, period, the last position you want to do it for is the pass rushers. Because Judon, he doesn't look like he's having much of a impact year, but I'm watching. I'm, I went back to the Texans game and watched that, and the way Wink is setting up these, uh, it's like a gap stunt. So Calais is just driving out the the or the tackle, and Judon just right up the middle. He's but it, it's really not something he can do. But the ball gets out quick when you play a guy like Deshaun Watson. He just wants to get the ball out quick, and a lot of these plays where Judon gets through and pressures him, he gets the ball out, and it's just a phenomenal play. And at that point, you just got to credit the uh, offense for just a, making a fantastic play. So, I, I don't know. I, people have been pretty unforgiving for Judon. And I guess, I mean, it makes sense because he's getting $17 million of your dollars. But I don't know. It, it's tough. I, I, de- I definitely recommend for anybody that has not watched that film, go watch it because I was one of those people who judged him. But when you go back and watch it, it's it's very informative. For, I'm, I'm going to definitely start. I'm trying to get more into um analytics and film watching and it taught me a lot just watching one game and it wasn't even a full game it was i think it was the first half i don't know maybe maybe it was the whole game i I found this guy on youtube because if you want to watch film you have to buy nfl game pass which i i don't really want to do (laughs) this guy on youtube breaks it all down and it's it's really really informative i also want to touch on because now that we've really touched on this pass rush another guy who's getting a lot of hate and I, i was one of those people Averett, because obviously with Tavon Young going down, yeah, everyone's looking at Averett now and be like, oh God, Averett, no, what are we gonna do? He's burnt toast, and we're we're pretty we're pretty darn lucky. He's our fourth corner, and people make him out to be some burnt toast Kennedy, whatever the case may be. Dude, he's, he's our not. fourth corner, right? You know? Exactly, yeah, right. What do you expect of a fourth corner? And yeah, a lot of these teams in the NFL, he's probably going on there. Probably your, like your third best corner. Like he's really good, and he's extremely athletic. He can keep up with a lot of these guys. He's fast. He's oh, fast. absolutely for hundred percent. He's fast. And well, what, go ahead, go ahead, keep on. Yeah, I was watching some of his film, and he his ability to transition and get back and recover is so good. It's so good. I, I'm not really, I wasn't really paying attention to it, like during, during games because you can't. But when you go back and watch it, it's like wow, like. He's actually kind of having an impact, and he's a sure tackler. That's a lot of a lot of the things about these guys on this defense. The tackling's there, 
like a Deshaun Elliott, he's not really the best in coverage, and he's having some mistakes through four weeks. But I mean, it's his first couple of starts, so you can't really get too. Like, you don't want to be man. Too harsh. How did you feel when Deshaun Elliott went down in that uh, Washington game? Man, I thought, I, oh gosh, here well, we go. Well, it's funny because I, w- I was at work, so I didn't get to watch that part. So oh, I, I was man. I was just keeping up with updates, and I see Deshaun Elliott goes in the tent, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Please, God, no. Please. Yeah. I thought, here it goes again, you know. Um, but no, no. You know, it's kind of funny. We talk about Anthony Averett. Um, what, what, what's your thought? I mean, would you be opposed to bringing back someone like Brandon Carr? I mean, he got released, you know. Yeah, that, that's one guy I definitely think we, we need to bring in and look at him. I actually agree. I would love to bring him in, and please, God. But I've been seeing some stuff floating around uh, uh, online and, and NFL Network recently, and, and I hate to bring it up because I love the guy, but Eric Weddle, they've talked about Eric yeah. Weddle uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> want, you know, wanting to play again, and, and, and he'd love to come back and play with the Ravens. Um, I love him, but you know that guy couldn't. I don't think he could cover anybody. And and Lord knows what I <laughs> or mean. tackle anybody. At, yeah, at this point in his career, he was a bad dude ten years ago, man. But uh, but now not so much. And and who even knows what kind of shapes he, shape he's in. But you know, like to kind of go back on Brandon Carr, I think that is a. I have zero. Uh, I, I, I objections with bringing him in, and as a matter of fact, I'd be bringing him in tomorrow. What he knows the system, he knows the guys. <laughs> if he could be your fourth or maybe fifth corner uh, for that secondary, dude, how could you lose? That's what I'm saying. And another thing about Brennan Carr is, um, he's good on the blitz. He he can really do anything, and. It's not often a guy that's gonna that's gonna fall into your lap that was literally just here last and he, year. And he plays; he doesn't get hurt. Right, exactly. He's durable, and that's one of the best things. And that's why his career has been so long, and that's why people keep bringing him in. It's because he's durable, and he'll play for you. And Dallas got got some out of him, but Dallas, he he can look good on that. De- I don't think anybody can look good on that defense because that defense is atrocious. But he he's coming into a system he's very familiar with. He knows all the guys. Why not? Like, what, what do we have to lose? And I, I, if we had Tavon Young in a perfect world, I'd probably say, nah, let's just hold off. We don't really need him. But Tavon, I mean, that's unfortunate, obviously. But, yeah, absolutely, I'm 100% for it, 100%. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on Tyus Bowser? Um, I like what I've seen uh, with him over the first uh, few weeks. Um, he's getting some pressure. Uh, on the quarterback I, I really like what I'm seeing out of him and he might be a nice little candidate to kind of uh maybe extend him for not very much money what's your thoughts there yeah because I mean this is his contract year, so he's really proven his value and I don't really see anybody that's I, don't, I can't imagine anybody that's gonna go out and sign him to be honest with you I mean if he's going at this rate because he, he's not really jumping jumping at you to be honest but I don't. I also don't really feel comfortable with letting a lot of our like all of them go. I don't really feel comfortable letting Judon and Bowser go, even though I do feel I feel that like EDC, he's obviously extremely aggressive. We know him for that. I think he's gonna go out there and grab a pass rusher. I don't know who it's gonna be, but I don't know. At this point in our defense, our secondary, I don't have much to say about him. We're pretty we're pretty sure there, but a guy like Bowser, I depending on what his market is, I really want to resign him. If I had to resign him or Judon, I'd probably choose Bowser just because it's not $17 million, and that's not what he's looking for. And I think he wants to be a Raven. I, mean, I, yeah. I Obviously, this is his contract year, but he's not one of those players. I mean, it, it, this isn't really his contract year. Hey, hey, do you think 
do you think Yannick Ngakwe could be had? I mean, with with the season that uh, Minnesota's having so far, uh, and if it continues to go downward, do you think that maybe they'd be open to moving him and kind of recoup uh, maybe those picks or, or, uh, or what they kind of invested in him? Well, I, I've seen a little bit of chatter on that. What's I your have, thoughts there? It's funny because I've seen the same thing, and I'm like, how do they want to get rid of a guy that they just traded for? Like, and he's fairly young, so he's going to be there for the long term. But I mean, if you if you can, I mean, if EDC picks up that phone, who knows what's bound to happen? I mean, we can get him for our backup long snapper at this point. But um, I mean, yeah, we we got to pick up that phone, and make that call. But the deadline, I'm totally cool with trying to get a guy like Ngakwe. We obviously were interested. We tried to get him before. But um, I don't know. There, there's some tr- – the trade deadline is going to be big for us. We're always pretty involved. Last year, obviously, Marcus Peters. The year before that, we got Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So it's just uh, – and obviously, the trade deadline with the uh, the schedule fixes, our trade deadline – the trade deadline week is now our bye week. So what, what are we going to do? And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of these teams that are um, – they're kind of unperforming. Like I think when I say that, I'm looking at the Cardinals. The Cardinals, mm-hmm. for one, because – I don't know how the cap would work, but Chandler Jones. I look mm. at Chandler Jones, which he obviously I brother just don't, I don't see, I don't see them trading him. No, I. But I, I thought that same thing. But if you actually look at him this year, he's kind of underperforming for Chandler Jones. So I mean, if they if they lose, I mean, they just lost to the the line or the, the Panthers was it? Mm-hmm. They they lost some tough games, yeah. So, and they're they're underperforming for what everyone thought they were going to be. Kyler's obviously good, but there's still some kinks to work out over there. If they were willing to give him up, I'd totally be okay with that. We kind of won't really figure out the deadline candidates until it comes. So, I mean, Ngakwe, if the, if the Vikings are willing to give him up, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good for it. You I'm know? in. I'm we, in. We both well. love him. We both love him. The yeah. Maryland guy, I love him. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've that that was the guy I wanted all off season, all off season. It was the one thing this team needs is a pass rush. We've got to be able to get to the quarterback. And listen, if you have that guy opposite of Matthew Judon, you've got two guys coming at you. Um, I think it would change the whole dynamic of the defense tremendously. And I and I think uh, DaCosta, he's a he's a brilliant man. He has to see that. And I'm just fingers crossed, fingers crossed that we yeah. can make something happen there. And, and bring him in. So, with all that being said, we, we've kind of recapped the, the Kansas City game, the Washington game. We've talked about what we want to see. Um, uh, you know, we kind of talked about the past. We're talking about the present. Now let's talk about the future. And and the future being the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. And 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 who else more to, to talk about that with than our very own Josh Miller from the Back Row Bengals show. Uh, we've brought him on to kind of discuss this game and, you know, a little collaboration there. Josh, are you with us? Hey, guys, what's going on? Glad to be on. Hey, man, it's, it's good talking with you, brother. Uh, how's, the, uh, how's the Back Row Bengals show going for you? It's going absolutely great. Finally got our first win. Uh, was able to actually have a happy podcast today, surprisingly. <laughs> so we got it We got it done against Jacksonville. I was actually in uh, the stadium for the game, which was really different. But uh, I got to say, PBS did it very, very well. And uh, I got to say, I'm very terrified for this Sunday. 
Uh, don't be that way. I think uh, Burrow is looking every bit uh, of the part, um, even better than I expected him to uh, to be. Uh, things finally got rolling for Joe Mixon. Now I will say that was when Miles Jack got hurt, um, but regardless, uh, he got things going. Um, one thing I like to see is that AJ Green is 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 just fading away uh <laughs> he has driven me nuts for years and years and years especially as a fantasy <laughs> football player um t higgins has really kind of taken over that number two job tyler boyd is a very very good player as well so you got a lot of a lot of stuff you know a lot of play uh, people to look forward to on that offensive side of the ball um you've got some nice safeties um but the defensive side of the ball probably needs a little bit of work and and that's probably going to hurt this weekend uh, watching that game, but it's it's sneaky, man. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati's got a pretty good offense. I like what I see, and Mixon's a hell of a running back. Joe Burrow looks so good. Um, they're going to put up a few points against Baltimore, I believe. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you, you kind of nailed it right on the head. Uh, this offense is really starting to get going. I mean, Joe Burrow throws for 300 yards in three games, and that's never been done by a rookie, and not only that, he only had one game before that. And it's just so impressive to see where he, you know, where he's going and how ready he is um, and, and how comfortable he is in this offense. Uh, it was really good to see Joe Mixon get going. He had two car- uh, he had uh, 25 carries for, I think, about 151 yards, and he had three tutties, which mm. was really nice to see. And then, you know, in, in, in this defense, you know, I, I say I'm terrified, but um, I, I do think the Bengals offense, it can get going. I do think – I do have trust in them that this week that they will – uh, drop a couple plays, drop a a, a good scheme, uh, and you gotta really find, especially for a week like this against the Ravens, a team like this that blitzes a lot, uh, has a lot of really good pieces on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you got somebody from my college and Derek Wolf, go Bearcats, and uh, you, you got you got just a great and then but on top of that, you guys blitz more than anybody else in the league, and that's kind of where my terrified comes from. So we have to kind of find for this game plan a combination of creativity and comfort comfortability i would i do we are seeing a lot more five wide looks from the Bengals than we've seen in decades so it's really interesting i'm really excited to see this game plan and you're right the defensive side of the ball definitely needs some help i mean we have jesse bates who was uh the highest graded uh safety uh by pff i believe but you know there's a lot of bad you know there's a lot of bad parts about this defense they have been gashed plenty of times i mean the browns completely gashed them but i gotta say the offense i think is going to keep this game really close and i'm actually really excited to see what the Bengals can do against a i would say a super bowl contender in the uh, baltimore ravens yeah blake what's your thoughts on that man because I th- listen, the Bengals always play Baltimore very, very well. We never just roll over them. They always seem to be a very stubborn uh, victory if we if we beat them. Um, so w- w- what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I do see us getting the best of them, obviously, which, I mean, doesn't really say much. But, I mean, Burrow, he's done wonders for this team. And like you said, A.J. Green slowly is fading away, but – you have a guy like Tyler Boyd who's slowly working his way into that number that number one guy, and T. Higgins. At, I mean, what an emergence coming out of nowhere, slowly like working his way. And I mean, the guy like John Ross though, John Ross is the odd man out here. It's it's really unfortunate, but I don't know. I like Tyler Boyd. He's very consistent every week, and 
Burrow, I don't know. I think he's definitely your guy, man, for sure, 100%. And Joe Mixon, he he's killing it too. And then the offensive line is it's just tough. It gets tough there. That's the only place it gets really tough. But fortunately for you guys, you're playing a struggling pass rush right now. We're still really trying to find our our mark, really. And then we, we have guys like uh, Justin Matabuke. He comes back this week, hopefully. It's, it sounds like he's on track to come back. So I'm hoping we can, I hope we can get him back on track and – I don't know. I, I think you guys are going to keep it close. I, I do think it's going to be closer than a lot anticipate, but I don't know. I think I do. God is getting the best to you. And this offense, I think we're going to come out and struggle. I think you guys will get us off the field a couple times, unfortunately. But it just depends how we how we scheme against you guys. Because, Absolutely. Yeah, Greg, Greg Roman, I love the guy, but running the ball hasn't been um, a big part of our offense this year, as, as you'd imagine. But if, if we get Gus rolling and we start – Slowly mixing in that pass, which I'm hoping we do. I don't know. I got the Ravens taking this one for sure. Absolutely, and I could I could completely see you know taking the Ravens in this one. I mean, it's it's a 14 point spread. I do agree with you though. I do think the Bengals are going to keep it close. It's just something about these AFC North games that just oh my goodness, they're so violent and, and just there's so much pride on the line every single AFC North game. And the Bengals and the Ravens is no exception. I mean, you you guys have seen it by watching the Ravens, and I've seen it watching the Bengals every Sunday. And, uh, you know, watching these matchups go back and forth, back and forth, we always seem to keep it close. I mean, the exception was last year in Cincinnati, which was <laughs> embarrassing as a Bengals fan to watch. You want to talk about an embarrassing game to be at. That was that was well, definitely dude, you all there. started Ryan Finley. Was, yeah. Who you yeah. Started? Give yourself a break yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I get that. Yeah. Ryan Finley was definitely uh, was definitely a little inept. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like bashing my team at all, but. I mean, if you have a guy like Haskins putting up 300 against us, I mean, obviously they have McLaurin, but your your offense is by no means I mean, your offense is better. much better. That's yeah. what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? So I, I for real think Burrow's going to do some work. I think he comes out and gets the best of us, and he, we're t- taking advantage of a the, pretty inexperienced free safety into Sean Elliott. And yeah, I think he gets the best mm-hmm. for sure. And the, AJ Green. The Bengals need defense. Um, you know, it's kind of like Dallas, and, and and there's a couple of teams out there that are putting up points. But they're, you know, Atlanta, like I said, Dallas, Cincinnati, those guys can score. It's just their defense isn't stopping anyone from scoring as right. well. Um, so that that's that's the issue there is I, I think it's going to be a – I just don't – I'm not able to see them outscore Baltimore in this game. If, if Cincinnati, if the, if, if the Bengals had a better defense, mm-hmm. I, I would have a little bit of concern without a doubt. I- Oh, 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 absolutely. I mean, in this defense, uh, we, we talked about it. It's definitely going to be the Achilles heel of this team for the entire season. And, and until we get some, uh, you know, not only because we did, we went three linebackers in the in the draft and we went uh, third round, fourth round and uh, uh, our last round. And, you know, it, it, that's that's something that we had, had to address that room. So this this defense is very, very young. You got Jesse Bates, who while he's also really good. He's very, very young. And then we also have some pieces on the defense that just aren't up to par with the rest of the NFL, especially in a, in a division like the AFC North. I, If I'm a gambling man, which I am, we should definitely take the over in this game. I completely agree with you that. Points are definitely going to be scored both sides of the ball. And I am, I am excited to see. I do think it's going to be a lot closer. And, um, I mean, it's a lot's going to depend on – can A.J. Green be the Ravens killer that he is? Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. Can exactly. he do it? Can he do it? So, I mean, that is going to be a big test if he shows up or not. I got to say, 
you know, if, if AJ Green's been playing like how he has been, then I, I got to say we're in trouble. But if AJ Green steps it up and plays how AJ Green does play, then you know I think we're in for a shootout. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's gonna we're gonna start out pretty close. Cause, I mean, it's just how these AFC North matchups are, like you said. But I think we eventually find our footing and we'll start taking off. Unfortunately, but I don't know the Bengals defense. Obviously, you can criticize them all you want. They've been pretty mediocre, but I do I do love that guy Josh Bynes you got over there, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh it's close to home. Oh yeah, it's I close love to it. home. We love that guy. Uh, yeah, but it, it, touching on the A.J. Green thing, man, if you just watch these games, A.J. Green and Joe Burrow just don't have a connection. There's no chemistry there. Mm-hmm. There's right. something going on there that they just – I mean, he's he's looking for, for, for Tyler Boyd. Now he's looking for T. Higgins. But there is something. I don't know what's going on with A.J. I don't know uh, if he's pissed off a few people or what it is. But they're they're just not looking his direction. There's just no chemistry at all. Watching that, it's 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 kind of sad to see. Absolutely, because we all but, know we all know what AJ's capable of. And don't get me wrong, right. he's what thirty one years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's not twenty one, and 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 mm-hmm. he's he's been injury plagued uh, over the last few seasons. So that may have really starting to take a toll on him. I mean, heck, you know, Julio Jones was taken in that same draft, and, and, and Julio's really starting to break down as well. So, yeah, I just, Absolutely. I just, go ahead. Yeah, go I ahead, Blake. I'm going to ask you a question, actually. I just want to okay. get a, um, like a Bengals fan perspective on this. Sure. Obviously, you're not going to extend A.J. Green. I don't think anyone really has a plan on doing that. But right. do you think, come the deadline, do you think you guys want to look maybe look to trade him maybe if he starts impressing or well, what's the deal? Well, and here's the thing, is that I don't know how much of a, you know, blockbuster trade we can make with AJ. And, and because we, we kind of have put him out on the trading block when that whole contract negotiation was going down, we ended up tagging him. Um, it, it was really kind of weird. There weren't a whole lot of like big offers that were like, yes, we have to trade him for that. And now, listen, I, I love AJ. And, and Bob, I want to go back to your point on, on top of this is I am seeing you – know, I've watched him through his whole career ever since when he got drafted with uh, Andy Dalton way back when to now. You are seeing a, a big breakdown. You're seeing those injuries catch up to him. Uh, you're seeing the lack of reps um, that that's really catching up to him. At the start of the season, A.J. Green had only played in one of the past 24 games at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. That is – I mean, how do you not take a step back? If you don't play for two years, you're going to take a step back. And, and you're seeing it happen, and he's breaking down. And I think – I don't – and I don't know how much of it is chemistry, and I do think there is that in there it's because they haven't been able to throw in camp because he's been hurt and, and – you know, the, his camp, even when he's been relatively healthy this year, he still he still got plagued with some injury at the beginning of camp. And it's just it, it's it's hard to see. But like I said, if AJ Green can step up and get it done here, uh, then I think we got a chance. And I know I straight away, Blake, from uh, your point. Yeah. I, I I think that it's going to really depend on how we're doing this season and how AJ is doing this season. I think these next three to four games are about to be really telling for who's staying and who's going because the new regime for the Cincinnati Bengals is starting. We are right. starting to get our new talent. We're starting to draft. This is going to be our new team for the next, you know, 10 years. Well, you missed your chance. I mean, Bill O'Brien got fired um, 
so you you missed. I mean, you could have, man, you could have, uh, you could have swiped like two or three future first round picks for him, you know. But oh, yeah. uh, no, no, I really, really, I think I, I, I don't think if I'm a Bengals fan, I don't care what direction we're going. If 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 we're improving every week or if the season looks lost. Um, I am moving on from A.J. Green because I get it before the season. They didn't want to move him. They didn't want to trade him because they thought he would be very important to the development of a Joe Burrow. But we're seeing it right now. The guy's playing just fine, and it has not a damn thing to do with A.J. Green, in my opinion. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going out, I'm making phone calls. I'm going out there and I'm listening. I, I'm, I'm trying to drum up some interest, uh, you know, for a team yes. like San Francisco or someone that maybe you can get them to live in the past. Someone um, that, that thinks like, Oh, you know what? They're just, uh, they're just not giving AJ the, they're not, they're, they're not giving him the attention that he needs. They're not, he's not running the routes. He needs something. I don't. I don't care what it is. I'm finding some sucker of a team, and gosh, I don't know why San Fran keeps coming to mind, but that right. is one of those teams I'm looking at. Listen, even he's not part of their future. There's no mm-hmm. way that they're locking him up long term. That would be so so dumb. So right. why not maybe get a, a, a second or third round pick for him? You know, yeah. Bob, we are talking about the Bengals organization. I have seen <laughs> them do a lot, plenty of stupid things before. They extended Bobby Hart to three years. I wouldn't be surprised they do something stupid here. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. I, yeah. I agree the, with you with everything you said. The team I look at really is, I mean, the, I know you said the Niners, but April. I'm thinking of more of a team like Green Bay. Green Bay was, I was just thinking yeah. Green Bay. I mean, you have a guy like Devontae Adams who's struggling to stay on the field this year. But obviously productive when healthy. Lazard obviously came out of the woodworks. He's been doing pretty well himself. And then you have Valdez Scantling. But I think A.J. Green, I think he has another – I mean, if you can get him back on track and reignite that spark, I mean, who else is going to do it besides Aaron Rodgers? Hey, what, so, what, it, you know, what about New England? If there is some – if there's some, uh, you know, truth to this – Julio Jones possibly being dealt to you know to New England, uh, why not maybe give them a call? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know that's another team that jumps out. Um, right. You know another team right. I'd, we- I'd have probably called would have been the Baltimore Ravens. You know because but <laughs> yeah. but you know that's not going to happen. But happen. still, <laughs> but you know if they weren't in the same division, that would be someone that could probably use a little wide receiver yeah. help. The thing is, if I'm, if I'm the Bengals though, like you said, Bob. Um, we're not really he, – he has no part of our future. And you have a guy like T. Higgins who I, who's coming out of nowhere, and he, he's being that, that productive receiver that you guys expected him to be. And you have your guys like Alden Tate who remains still young. And even John Ross, I mean, I bashed him earlier, but he's still young. And it's all just super mm-hmm. young there. But, I mean, A.J. Green, he's not, he's not your guy anymore. At this point, I, I, I'd even settle for like a day, day three pick. I mean, at this point, like, yeah. what, what are you trying to get out of him at this point? That's true. Well, That's true. Here, here's the thing. As someone, again, who, who has watched this organization do a, a plethora of things, uh, for them, and, you know, they, the organization has gotten a lot better this year. Their offseason was the best I've seen in, in probably my entire life of watching them. Uh, no offer can be off the table. You have to listen to every single offer that's coming at you. Um, really, you, you have to take every phone call. You have to listen to everything. And, and you know what? Honestly, you guys are right. It's that when we talk about the future – of the NFL at the ba- or the future of the Bengals at the very max. I mean, how much longer can AJ Green be like super effective on the field? 
uh, in a system like this, like two two years, maybe max. No, okay. and then I that was know. that's on top of a contract with with a long term contract. No offer can be off the table. I personally, I would like to deal AJ Green, uh, either for uh, a lot, either for uh, send him down to Jacksonville. Or, you know, go no offers off the table. Jacksonville, right? You know, Eifert, <laughs> Jacksonville, you know, Eifert's down hey, there. Straight up for Tyler Eifert. Bring back Tyler Eifert. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm off the Eifert train. I'm, I'm done with Tyler Eifert. <laughs> yeah, as much man. as I love him, and he was, and he was a great, he was great when he's on the field, but he's great when he's on the field. He, he doesn't look that good when he's on the sideline. And yeah, that's what I used to say about AJ Green over the last couple of years. It's like, man, when that, it's like the Will Fuller thing. Like, dude, when he's on the field, he's dominant. Um, right. But he can't stay on the field. But now he's on the field, and he's a shell of himself. You know, Absolutely. Uh, so it, it's 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 actually kind of it would be a hard thing to watch as a Bengals fan. And and I hate that for you. But like I said, I we all agree that we just don't see him being part of the future. And and, you know, I'm shipping him off uh, in any opportunity I can and hope that someone um, revives his his career or, or maybe thinks, you know, that's the whole thing, mm-hmm. thinks that they can. So and as know. a Ravens fan, am I glad am I glad? The Ray, or the AJ Green days are over. Thank God. Thank yes. God. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. Thank God. Boy, I remember I was, at, I was at that game. I mean, Bob, you know it, where he caught it in the back of the end zone on a tip ball from James. Adibo. I was gonna say, how many F words did you guys drop when you watched that? Oh, I was literally at, I was at the game. I remember oh. I stood up, I stood up oh. out of my seat. I was ready to leave, and that happens. I was oh, sick, goodness. and thank God those days are over with. Well, listen, I go to every Cincinnati game every year in Cincinnati since I live in Tennessee. So, oh, uh, we got to get a beer then, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's not a too far of a drive for me. And I, you know, like I said, I was there last year when Lamar broke off that phenomenal run that was on every highlight reel out there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's real fun flipping on the NFL. <laughs> oh, man. Get ready for the Bengals game. Here we go. Yeah. Lamar Jackson embarrassing our entire team. Oh, that's one. It's that's a tough thing to see, but yeah, I go up there every time, man. I've seen AJ Green just light us up way too many times, and and uh, yeah, I'm glad those days are in the past, and we don't have to worry about that. Now, now we get Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Now, now we get that for the next several years. Right, we've already yeah. got our fair, we've already got our taste of Tyler Boyd. I'm not going to talk about. Oh it. my Tyler gosh, Boyd. two years Boyd. ago, Boyd. ouch. <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh, that one that that one hurts so bad. I, I mean, that was almost You're as bad as the fans. Billy Cundiff field goal. Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. I wonder, oh, I wonder what Billy Cundiff is up uh, up to nowadays. I wonder uh, what he's doing. I uh, he's he is on an NFL team. I saw him. I think last Sunday. I gotta I gotta look that up. There's no way. There's no I mean, way he he's be, in the league. He might be anymore. an XFL guy. Yeah, there's I, no way. I don't know. He's probably working a desk job nowadays, to be honest with you. Yeah, something. That's probably where he belongs. That, so. Well, cool. So let, let you know. I got an idea. Do we have any kind of idea of what the uh, what the score is going to be this weekend? Do we got any predictions here? Since we're on air, we can go on record here and see. Uh, just for uh, kicks and giggles, we'll see who's uh, who's closest. I'm gonna go with. Oof. Oh my! We're gonna put up points. We're gonna put up points, but I also see them putting up points. I'm not gonna disrespect them. Joe I got Rara. I got this one being. I'm I'm gonna go 34-17. Oh, oh! All right, just doubling them up. Yep. I'm gonna go. All right, I I think, 
I'm going to go. Uh, it's going to be close around 38 24. <sighs> wow. 38 to 24, Baltimore. 38 24. Okay. So, honestly. The way I'm looking at this game, and I'm trust me, I'm looking at this from the most optimistic point of view. If the Bengals were to ever trip up a team at all that's like far, far and away better than them, I can see it being this week. It's a divisional game. Uh, Ravens won again, uh, but the Bengals are rolling three time, three times in a row. They've thrown for 300 yards and then last week we had 500 yards of offense i think this is going to be a high scoring game and i think joe burrow is going to get his first signature win this in baltimore (laughs) in baltimore listen listen in baltimore 45 to 38 it's going to be a touchdown game joe burrow's going to score the final touchdown on the final drive and it's going to be a ravens killer and you're going to have me back on the podcast next week and I'm going to laugh in everybody's faces. And, Bob, you're going to owe me a beer next time you come up to see Absolutely, I, man. Absolutely. If that happens, you're on the show next week. I, so, and I we'll, hope, eat, we'll eat some crow. I hope this comes down to a field goal game. That's what I hope. If anything. If it's going to be close, I hope – I hope she's into a field goal. I mean, they got one of the best kickers in the NFL right Ran- now. Ray, Randy Ball, Ray- Randy Ball, Fat Randy Bert. Yeah, <laughs> Fat Randy. Yeah. So I, I, so one of my favorite podcasts is is they, they said after Randy missed that field goal in week one, you all saw it. We all know it's awful. <laughs> and somebody said that when you don't do your job, you're 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 not just Fat Randy anymore. You're just fat. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad, man. Oh my god! Awesome, yeah, it was, how do you pull a muscle on the last field goal? Yeah. Oh god. Quote unquote, pull a muscle. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, I'm really pull looking forward, to, looking forward to this game, man. We're, we're, I'm looking forward to this on Sunday, man. Forty-five, and, uh, thirty-eight. Forty-five to friggin' thirty-eight. This friggin' guy. Forty-five, this thirty-eight. Guy. Let's go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good, man. Listen, uh. uh is as crazy as it sounds, man. I could, I could, I could see that. I wouldn't be abs- uh, I would be pissed, but I wouldn't be shocked. If that happens, um, don't expect me for a show next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't expect me DM for a show you personally. Week. Uh, well, I'll, right, be, I'll be off the grid. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. I guess that wraps up today's show, guys. I appreciate you coming on, Blake. As always, you're 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 awesome, man. A great Absolutely. co-host, Josh. Man, thank you so much for coming on Absolutely. the show, everyone. Um, if you know any Bengals fans out there, I know you're listening to this Ravens. You're a Ravens fan. Listen to this podcast. But if there's any Bengals fans out there, give Josh a listen over at the Back Row Bengals Show. Um, uh, Josh, tell them a little bit of where they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely. So you can find me at Back Row B. Twitter messed up my handle. Uh, you find me at Back Row B on Twitter. You can also find my personal stuff. If you're a gambling person, you can find me at the Degenerate L1 on Twitter. And then also you can actually find me uh, at UC Barstool. I actually do work for the University of Cincinnati Barstool. So I know you guys are big Chris Moore, Derek Wolf. You, the Ravens like to draft them Bearcats and, and take them in. So if you're a big <laughs> Bearcats fan, give that a follow. And then, um, yeah, absolutely. That's where you guys can find me. And then you can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts, the Back Row Bengals, or the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show. Awesome, awesome. 
Well, great. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Um, hopefully, you know, Josh, it was great talking with you. I hope that I don't have to talk to you next week. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I can't. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I'm, I'm going to have some Skyline Chili right here. I'm going to have some Graders, too. Montgomery Ridge. It's going to be all Cincinnati. And then I'm just going to come on and just roast y'all. Oh, yeah. 4538. 45, 45, 38. 38, man. I'll tell you what. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, all right, man. Well, listen, great stuff, guys. And, and, and as always, everyone out there, give us a listen. Give us a, a, a you know, subscribe to us over on Apple, uh, if you don't mind, and, and drop us a review. It always helps out. Any any uh, criticism is very, uh, very much appreciated. You know, we want to put together a good show for you guys. And any questions you ever have uh, in regards to the Ravens or anything, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Back Row Ravens. Um, but for me, for Blake, for Josh, we appreciate you listening. Um, everyone, please, please, please stay safe out there. And don't forget, go Ravens.